Ladles and jelly spins. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to Truth, Love, and Peace. This is episode number 54 with Jeremiah. What's going on, What up, buddy? How you doing? Doing good. And I had to turn the camera on before I asked this question because I didn't want to pretend like I knew this shit coming in. Cool. I'm terrified to try and say your last name. Oh, I usually don't even use it, but Shinegwu. Shinegwu. Yeah. Because I was going with a more uh, Asian pronunciation. Yeah, I like either. China Gi is yeah. was. Yeah, I would have known you were talking about me either yeah. way. So I was going to try, but I had a feeling I was going to mess it up really bad. So I was like, nah. But I had to be honest and say, nah, I'm gonna fuck it up. So every single time, it's um, like <laughs> oh, that's me. That's usually my last name. So I know that's kind of cliche place to start, but uh, but it's honest. Yeah. And, uh, so. So there's the truth portion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we got to chat a little bit, but um, most of what I know about you is uh, you're a great stand-up comedian, really funny guy. Appreciate Always it. make me want to go home and practice when I see you. Appreciate it. And um, you are in the Navy, and you live in Hawaii. I was living there. I'm moving to Denver <sighs> next. Yeah, that's, uh, that's going to be the next big oh, thing. With medical marijuana. Yeah, I mean, I can't do anything with it yet, but <laughs> I get to watch everybody else enjoying it. <laughs> What's the military going to do when they legalize it? Do they? They're not, they're I'd not be care. surprised if they yeah. do. Nothing. That's exactly what they're going to do. Yeah. Watch Man. it. It sucks to suck. Tell from, you that from far away. Yeah. Yeah. How did you end up in the Navy? Tell us that story, I guess, to begin with. Or if you uh, if you have a better place to start, where uh, where do you like to begin? Um. So I lived in the Bay Area. I was born and raised in the Bay Area. Which Bay? Um. North. Uh. Out. California. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just, I don't know why I said North. I guess I was going to say Northern California, I guess. That's where I was going with that. But um, I, just, I wanted to get away from home. Mm -hmm. um, I hadn't even thought really much about comedy yet. And I knew from high school I had no interest in going to college. Nothing yeah. wrong with it, but it just wasn't for me. And so Navy was the best way to get, yeah. to get gone. I was like, oh, I can sign up and be gone tomorrow, or maybe I just had a really good, <laughs> a really good recruiter. I just saw that he, they can afford twenty-piece nuggets before they were five bucks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> gonna be my life. So <laughs> I woke up in boot camp. Ta, yeah. ta. That's a, uh, it's a good way to get out, man. It's yeah. a good way to travel. Yeah, it's a good way to see the world too. So, have you gotten to do a lot of that besides Hawaii? Yeah. Um, I, uh, first couple of years, was living in Virginia. Um, I deployed out of there for the first time mm -hmm. to Greece a couple of times, Spain, Turkey, uh, Seychelles. So jealous. Yeah, nice places. Yeah, um, And then uh, I was living in Maryland for a while, really wasn't going very many places outside the country then. But then I um, went to Hawaii, and then, uh, yeah, started seeing uh, well, Japan, went there a couple of times. Very jealous. Australia. Very, very jealous. Yeah, so it's been a, been a pretty good ride. The Pacific. I've I've always wanted to spend some time in, in Australia and yeah. I grew up as a martial artist. Yeah. You know, Japan was the Mecca. Yeah. So. I can see. Yeah, Australia's cool, except everything's trying to kill you. The people <laughs> there are so nice, but just no, I did not feel safe outside. I could be around complete strangers and feel safer than any one bug I saw out there. Yeah. It was all intense looking. So that would probably be a problem for me. I am anti-venom. Anything that can bite me and disappear and days, weeks later, shit falls off. Yeah. Oh man, that's paralyzing. Like everything that was out there. It is, so, it is literally everything yeah, that's that was, out there. Yeah, it was, but it's nice. It's still, uh, I didn't care for the food out there in Australia, but everything else is nice out there. 
Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I um, I I always end up studying Australia from um, from the perspective of the Aboriginals. I'm, I'm very interested in. Uh, how they got there, how long yeah. they've been there, the stories that, that they have about their own culture. Yeah. The only culture that we know of that has 80,000, 75,000 uh, contiguous years of culture, yeah. oral traditions. Yeah. Nowhere else on the planet. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a nice place, just in general. Um, what I did think was weird, and maybe this is just from the outsider looking in, just there for a sort of amount of time. They didn't seem so the... They did not get along very well with the, I guess, the modern Australian. I'm not sure how you would word that. The British Australians? Yeah. yeah. And so that was, a, that was kind of weird on the outside looking in on that. Because it's mm -hmm. like, um, you see me, you see my stand-up. I talk about race a mm -hmm. lot. And so it was interesting seeing it there because the, 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 the white Australians loved black people from everywhere else, but mm -hmm. did not get along with the ones there, which was, I've never seen that anywhere. Mm. It's always just been like, nope, not interested at all. And same, same with them. They just, just did not get along with each other. Everyone from the outside, cool with. Inside, just conflict. Wow. I think that's just guilt. That's, I, that's just, we took your shit guilt. Yeah. You see, I think you see that in, in all cultures. That's my opinion. I can see that. It's, uh, it's got, it's karma, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, depending on which version of karma you like. I like the one that we all carry our own shit, but anyway. And that's, that, there's a little bit of pressure too, so I can see. <laughs> this is not, ain't, ain't too cold yet, so. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is a very interesting, uh, history though. That and the, the New Zealand, the Maori people, mm -hmm. uh, very, very ancient cultures. I don't know if you, if you, uh, do you get into genetics at all, genealogy? Not super familiar. Mm -hmm. I, I could probably hold a basic conversation about it, but I wouldn't. Well, the, out of, the different out of Africa theories, and, and if you follow the genetics, mm -hmm. the ha there's this haplogroup D that kind of, that becomes these uh, Indian Islanders. Okay. Uh, who are black. And then they become the Northern Japanese who are white and the original samurai. Okay. And then they also become this Turkish uh, group of people that become the red-haired, uh, green-eyed uh, Maori people. So, but all out of this one teeny tiny haplogroup D that doesn't exist anywhere else. Mm. It's really fascinating. I get into see, I get crazy on shit like that's, that. That's that's I'd never heard of it before. So that's yeah, interesting. I say that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really curious about shit. Like, ever since I found out that I was spoon-fed a bunch of bullshit in school, like, history-wise, yeah, I uh, kind of went on a tear. You gotta figure this shit out. Yeah, you're seeing a third of, you're seeing the third that people want you to see. Yeah, yeah. But I grew up in Mobile, <laughs> so for me, looking back, it's just, my, my visions of culture are just plagued with, everything that goes along with the, the part and parcel of the baggage of the South. You know, and it's, oh, it's just fucking sucks. To be 10 years behind, it's, as Mark Twain said, to be 10 years behind everything yeah. and to watch, watch it go down, it's been weird. But California, I imagine it's a little different out there. More liberal. I've never gotten to spend, spend time out there. That's nice. Yeah? It's really nice. It's, uh, I have spent so much of my time in the Navy trying to go back there and I never get close. Like, this is... Went from Maryland, which is about a five-hour flight, 
And then uh, it was time for me to start trying to find where I wanted to go next. And the closest I can get was Hawaii, which is, so if this is California, this is Hawaii, I mean, this is Maryland, and that same distance roughly is the exact on the opposite end. <laughs> so it's like, I've never even been close until when I get to Denver in September, that's gonna be the closest I've ever been. I think the attitude and, and the culture in Denver might be a little, a lot more similar than- uh, Hope so. I, I know I've maybe met, I'm sure I've maybe met more than I'm aware of, but I'm only familiar with two people I've met from there, and they're pretty cool. Nice. So. I only got to spend a short stint. I, I cruised through Boulder one time, yeah. and it was really nice. The mountains are beautiful. Yeah. I um, I like spectacles in nature, though. I think it's good to live next to something that can humble you. Yeah. You know, in an instant. I'm totally down for you know. I, I like outdoorsy shit. The only thing is bears. They got bears out there, and I know they have bears out here in Florida, but I'm staying downtown, so I'm nowhere near that shit. But. Yeah. Uh, I've had too many people tell me like, oh, black bears are just normal out there. And I'm like, that's not, that's fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. They're, no, bears are I'm so terrifying. Glad, I'm so glad that you said that because this is, I've heard this too many times. Uh, like legit, I've heard this too many times is, oh, if you just make yourself bigger than them, you just scare them away. That's stupid. That's mm -mm. the worst fucking. No, no. I um, scare a bear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you Google, you get on Instagram, Google bear attacks and watch these guys that, like there was a guy in Alaska that his, he was holding his scalp and he had survived this bear attack and it was just mangled, but he was holding his phone, like doing a thing that his head's just hanging off the side of his skull. Like, no, no, bears, bears are massive, uh, hunks of muscle that are constantly starving and very pissed off about it. Yeah, so I, I hate, and there's there's other shit out there. Like when I was in Maryland, I I'd never seen a ground. I didn't know groundhogs were real. That's true. That's true. I hate the fact that I'm I'm 30 now. I hate the fact that I'm in my late 20s and early 30s, not being aware of animals that I'm now seeing, and it's just like they're <laughs> freaking me out. Like I was like, what is that fucking puppy doing? And someone's like, it's a groundhog. I'm like it's not February. Like what is that? <laughs> what is that? I thought they only came out if they were even real. It's it's weird. I can't remember where it was, spe spinning off of bears. This is actually true, I heard this. I've talked about this twice now in work and I, I've yet to actually look up the story even though I really should because I wanna start making jokes about it. But there was an actual family somewhere, maybe maybe in Colorado, that found a what they thought was a puppy and they thought it was like a Tibetan husky, some, some shit, some, <laughs> some, Something too stupid to believe. And I guess people were like, well, if you look at pictures of it, it looks like the puppy. It was a fucking bear. Wow. And they kept it for a while. What? And it never attacked them. And I guess what, what tipped them off was it started walking on its hind legs. And then eventually, mm. like, Pappy's just like, oh, wait. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's not cool. That's not stupid. That's really stupid. Fucking stupid. It's like people that own... Uh, chimpanzees. You're like, no! That thing will eat your face. But even with that, I wouldn't want to own a chimpanzee. But I would look... You gotta be some sort of stupid to own a chimpanzee. You yeah. gotta be some extra sort of stupid to not know it's a chimpanzee. That was my... That would... Yeah, that's a whole nother... They didn't know it was like, what fucking... Mm. And I don't know how dumb these people puppy. are or how smart this bear is that it played <sighs> along perfectly with the situation. 
Man, trying I'm to learn how to bark. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> this bear's just yogi yeah, it up. Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Curling up on a bed that's oh. ten times too small. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And everybody that lives in that neighborhood failed that mm-hmm. family for not telling them like that's a bear. You have no friends. None. Yeah, none whatsoever. You shouldn't be allowed to own property anymore. You can't tell the difference between a bear and a fucking puppy. Yeah, let alone keep a bear. That's impressive that they kept a bear in the house without dying. You know their neighbors were just like, just wait, just wait, just just wait. They're just looking over the fence like, (laughs) you guys had a bear in your backyard last night. Like, really? Fritz didn't see him. Yeah, the dog didn't bark at all. That's your fucking, okay. The first time they had to clean up that... (laughs) Shit. You should have been like, all right, this is not a fucking... That is not a canine. He's left a wedding cake size yeah, shit exactly. on the couch. It's bigger than our last dog. Yeah. <laughs> the other dogs didn't help out either. Like, that's just... It's, Nobody's ratting out this bear. That's the stupidity that is allowed in this country. Well, it's just... <laughs> Lack of education, man. I don't... This is how far it's gone. The fir- If you've ever so seen sad. a bear... I feel like if you've ever seen a bear, you should be able to recognize a bear 10 times out of 10. Yeah. I don't think nothing else looks like a bear, in my opinion. No. Maybe there might be some animal I'm not aware of, but that's... Even the hairless bear that has a mange that they think is a chupacabra looks like a bear that just doesn't have hair. Bears act like the giant claws, paw prints. We've got two groups of idiots. Bears look like mystical cryptozoological creatures. Or dogs. That's I'm not sure which one of those groups is stupider. I don't know. I, I still want to like, think some dogs. I think dogs. Cause <laughs> the other one, it's like you're just reaching for something because you want right. to believe in something. Dogs, you've got a, re- a reference point you know, down the street. This is a dog. <laughs> the dog tail. <laughs> and, 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 and ears like a dog. And barks and growls and woofs. <laughs> and this is a bear. Man. Man. That's that's the country. This is America. <laughs> this is America. <laughs> Nothing surprises me anymore, though, because I got hooked on Vernon, Florida on okay. Netflix. Have you heard about this Mm-mm. thing? Oh, so Vernon, Florida is this documentary that is not about people cutting off their limbs to claim insurance. Mm. Vernon, Florida was supposed to be a documentary about people cutting off their limbs to claim the insurance money. Because in Vernon, Florida, there was a rash of people doing this. Film crew shows up and they're like, we're not talking to anybody about any limb bullshit, blah, 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 blah. Thus, the documentary not about sawed off, hacked off limbs. But uh, it was a real phenomenon and uh, people were just cashing in on the insurance money. How how do do you justify that claim? I guess they're just like, I just lost my fucking thumb. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they had some kind of racket, you know, lawnmowers, tractors. Small rural farming community. You never know. Are you getting paid that good to hack off a whole limb? That's oh. Apparently, Vernon, Florida is the place that, that the cost of living is low enough. <laughs> that payout would be pretty good. Yep, One same. step above Mexico's exchange rate, from what I hear. That's lazier than prostitution. That's giving up. Because <laughs> there's like, you could be pushed into prostitution for some horrible, not, not, not to... <laughs> Not to make light of a right. serious situation, but it'd be a horrible reason that you're into that. Or you could just not be trying at all. <laughs> or you could just be nice. cutting your fucking limbs off for insurance money. <laughs> <That's>, uh. Uh. <laughs> 
Uh, you gotta be hard pressed. Vernon, Florida. Yeah, Vernon, Florida. Okay, I'm not yeah. in Florida long enough to check that out, but that'd be. It's it's an interesting documentary. <laughs> it's an interesting documentary. Just driving through the city, and there's people just hey, just. Like <laughs> idiots. That's. Well, when, it was for, for me when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is the craziest thing ever. But then when I found out, oh, this is the leftovers from the people that they, the story that they wanted to tell, it's like, yeah. oh, it's that much better. Like, these are just the people that were hanging around mm. that were willing to talk. So anyway, that is a huge Far Cry tangent. Uh, Those are the one-handed people driving, riding their yachts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sunset. But they're probably the same people that would be walking their bears yep. with their stump. <laughs> That's how they lost the hand. There you go, and there's the bow. Trying to feed, <laughs> trying to feed Fritz the fucking family dog. <laughs> he got a little overzealous. You're wondering why he's eating dog food through the can. He's just chomping the fucking can. And that's where it started. One person gets good payout, yeah. and then everybody else is like, hey man, what kind of dog is that? Yeah, can I watch your dog? <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. This would be a good episode. That makes me want to look more into the, the bear dog story and see if that's anywhere near that part of the I wouldn't look into it now. I would just go with it. <laughs> like, that's a thing. It sounds better, or this is what we're going with. in Florida. That's where it happened. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Nice. Man. Well, back to, to traveling. Yep. I, um, you mentioned Japan. I've been watching a ton of jujitsu stuff lately. Yeah, it's kind of one of one of my my things. I've gotten to the point where I'm so lazy, just watch other people work out and be like, hey, this counts. Yeah, well, it's, it's that commercial they had a few years ago where the guy's just sitting there in the chair and like somebody's running on like a treadmill and you just see his arms like pumping up. <laughs> I did not. Like, see it's that. like a Snickers commercial. It was some dumb commercial, but That's it was hilarious. Funny. That's the future. Yeah, Wally. Future that we haven't got to yet. Future we were supposed to have we're, by yeah, now. I know. Just all the soothsayers and prognosticators missed it. Hey, wasn't the Jetsons set in like the 90s? <laughs> Hollywood let us down. It was yeah. the 2000s, I think. What right before the turn, like before 2000. I don't know, the Jetsons. That's a good one. The 90s. I thought that was the 90s. The family of the 19th century. Something like that. Mm, that'll be worth looking up. I know one that came up recently was uh, Back to the Future. It was 2018. Like yep. That was supposed to be. Yeah, that I do remember for here sure. And come and gone. And then there was another one that I heard about not too long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm. While you're looking that up, <laughs> because it's going to bug both of us. It is going to bug both of us. <laughs> the appropriate plugs, um, if you're catching this live, uh, we are. Here at the Days Inn on the corner of Paula Fox and Cervantes above Back Porch, whoop, whoop. Uh, which hosts the Back Porch comedy show every Friday night and the open mic on Tuesdays. And we're here early to, uh, to sit around and chit chat. So, uh, but if you're catching this on the replay, there's a show every Friday, there's an open mic every Tuesday, Back Porch comedy. Check it out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think it's the same on all of them. Um, yeah, so there you go, the, the necessary plugs. And Back Porch Bar and Grill, that's the other one. Uh, hit up their page as well. Uh, so we were while I, close. I wasn't, <laughs> we, what, I wasn't either. What it was it, 3,000? 2062. 2062. Okay, so it could still happen. Yeah, well, I can imagine having to wait another two generations before, you know. If I'm alive, I'd be down. Raping children would be okay. Yeah, that's... 
Hi guys. Hello. If you uh, how you doing? If you go back and do the math, if you really want to be creeped out on yep. the Jetsons, uh, like the dad and the mom, and the the age of the daughter, mm -hmm. there was some underage shenanigans going on, and some. I never knew how old they were. If, Underage. That's how old they were. <laughs> the parent. Wait, though. Yeah, like George and Judy would have gotten, would have had to have conceived uh, the daughter before the mother was eighteen, if I remember correctly. It's something scandalous like that. Oh, what's set? Yeah. Well, the cartoon was made in the '60s. With it, I don't think. They yeah, were, well, they didn't seem to give a shit about Disney stuff like artists. They're still putting dicks in cartoons. Yeah, like, right. It's nothing new. Wasn't Disney a pedophiler? Uh, I don't know about pedophile, but he was definitely a fascist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely know that one. I, think it was, eh. oh. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Don't yeah. those two things go hand in hand somewhere down the line? Might as well. We, I'm sure between the two of us, we could tie them together. Yeah, I could. Shouldn't, shouldn't be too difficult. <laughs> one day. <laughs> in every, their dreams. Every Nazi was a pedophile. <laughs> every sympathizer was a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you could you could put it in terms of raping their inner child. That's uh, kind of abstract, but mm. deep, but not. Well, you know, those wounds are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I'm about> <laughs> <laughs> say the least. <laughs> uh, I have to refresh that button from time to time. Oh, yeah. okay. um, so, California, the whole time. When did you get into comedy from there? So um, that wasn't actually till I got to uh, Maryland. I think uh, it was something I think that in the back of my mind I would have always wanted to do. Yeah. And it started like, it actually started earlier than I usually even talk about. Like, was in high school, I felt like I had a knack for, I was, you know, I was a skinny, skinny kid. And uh, my freshman year, like, all my buddies that had already been at school, like, it's, it's common in school for mm -hmm. people to just kind of shoot the shit, you know, sure. snap, roast back and forth between each other, like, which eventually became like a way bigger thing. But you see people kind of do that in high school and that it came a point where I found I was really good at that. Mm -hmm. And that was, that became an everyday thing for four years. And it, like, it was, <laughs> at least for our small high school, somewhat of a spectacle where <laughs> like yeah. people it was the same core 10 people, roughly, and people would come just to watch. And I nice. think I was one of the better ones. And That's I just in the back of my mind, I'm like, ah, this would be great to be able to do this full time, but not thinking any farther than that. And then, um, and I used to like watching old stand-ups. I used to like watching Eddie Murphy. Mm, uh, yeah. Chris Rock was like my favorite stand-up yeah. comedian when I was a kid. And like, I would love to do that, but all I know how to do is make fun of my friends. So, <laughs> Um, I think uh, when I got to Maryland, the power plant, I cannot remember the name of the comedy club there, it was the very first place I ever even touched a microphone at. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, my friend had been trying to push me into doing, just trying an open mic. Mm -hmm. And so I tell her like, yeah, okay, cool, I'll try it. If you find one, that's the only deal. If you find one, I'll go through with it. And I was excited about it, but I'm just like, you know what, the only thing was if I know I want to do something like this, but if I blow it, it's going to ruin it for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> first time out. And I just already in the back of my mind, like, if I blow this, I'm never going to even try it again. And so they had an open mic competition. It wasn't even like, uh, <laughs> it wasn't even like, it wasn't even like just an open mic. 
I guess. Um, it wasn't little enough pressure. Yeah, was it the, it was I think it may have been pressure. called the Comedy Factory, something like that. Um, but yeah, every, at least at the time, they did a competition every single month where they were taking like new talent guys who'd been performing for like less than two years. Mm -hmm. And they had to go up and give like their best five minutes. Mm -hmm. And uh, I didn't know that till I got there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My first night in, what they would do, whoever won that month, they did it one designated night a month, and the 12 winners from each month would be in a showcase at the end, and I guess the crowd would vote on who they liked. And uh, I did the month, you know, that night that I, and I won that month. <laughs> That's great! Yeah, like, just free balling. Like, I probably had, like, one joke ready to actually try, and it was, like, actually a crowd and everything, so it wasn't even, like, most open mics that are kind of just like, ah, it's just comics in here. Like, yeah. there's maybe four other comics and everyone else is a paying <laughs> patron That of the probably show. worked in your favor though, right? It, it worked out. Like, I didn't mention it being my first night, anything. I just went up there and just tried to act like I'd been there before. Wow. And it great. worked out great. Like, I even got into it with, like, somebody that was a heckler, <laughs> which worked out from having done that in high school for so long. I bet. Which yeah. is why, like, I've never really had trouble with people doing that, like whenever anybody wants to sh not shut up in the middle of a show, but yeah, not to go too far, but yeah, I won my month. And I ended up leaving Maryland before I could even try the showcase at the end. Oh man. But you know, it was, it gave me confidence to keep trying it. So mm -hmm. I did a few more venues while I was out there in Maryland and DC and then just really kind of caught fire in Hawaii when I got out there. Still was just kind of running the open mics and mm -hmm. then, um, Competition time game again. I'm I'm good in competitions. That's good. I'm just a competitive guy. Um, still a new face in Hawaii, and mm -hmm. uh, they do they do about three or four different competitions. And like you know the main promoter out there, um, Jose Dynamite, the uh, great promoter out there. If uh, I'm gonna be plugging the show, so do it, season. do it. But um, really good promoter, good friend, and uh, he hadn't. I don't feel like he'd been paying me my dues like mm. i guess everybody probably feels that way you, you know you feel like you're probably doing better than you are sure and uh i felt like i was doing really good at open mics but just wasn't getting any attention from any of the promoters out there mm. and uh they did a competition out there and i, I won that like mm. actually like got to see it all the way through the end and uh i started getting booked my buddy shane lucas price he comes out here every once in a while i'm not sure if you may have met I him i think before. i have yeah cool. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, first guy to put me on like a paid gig yeah um yeah he uh after i won that competition he started putting me uh he started having me booking me shows with him you know people would come um to hawaii nick thune um, yeah i've heard that name yeah guys like that you come out and shane just put me everywhere i needed to be to get better that's and great now I just you know so many people come to hawaii you meet people yeah. network which i feel like it's the main way to do yep. anything with this is so i get lucky usually i go places where i know a comic or two and i'm able to kind of get booked on a show and it's it's been pretty much my my thing uh, it's to, to work the grind yeah trying getting it done yeah that's good though i mean i uh, when I first got into it, I looked to uh, online resources. Like I'm, I'm big at going, I'm just trying to eat stuff up. Yeah. I. Uh, it's. It, I'm following the same path, though. You know, you, you you go out and you pound as hard as you can, and you make those little steps. It's great that that you've you've gotten to to do all that stuff. It's great, and that's wonderful because 
now I get to enjoy your comedy here. So that's, yeah. that's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, it's that's been cool. it's been great out here. That's, that's uh, I'm glad that I came here maybe like a little bit better at what I do. So like uh, the the promoters out here, you know, Ryan, Tony, they're they're yeah. awesome. I think they offered a platform quicker than I expected, which I'm completely like, totally That's happy great. with. Yeah. Say you, you and Olga, uh, it's been great. Yeah. So yeah, I like it out here. It's uh, I love the little comedy room downstairs, like that kind of gritty underground type it's comedy. It's so fun like, in the basement. Uh, yeah, I like it. Yeah. It's, it's different. Well, this is where I got my start. This is the only place I've ever been. Yeah. I, uh, I started not even a year ago, uh, back, yeah. in, back in September. So it, I'm, uh, I'm you, but I've got a little bit of a network and I like doing stuff. Yeah. And so I've been just trying to help. Like that's one of the reasons we started Stinger's Comedy out there, which thank you again for coming and doing. Yeah, yeah. I had no, a blast. Was, I, I, I liked it. But um, it's a way for me to, to help prop up Emily, who has been doing shows out there yeah. and kind of took a break from it. Yeah. But now I get to to help her do that out there, keep that going. Yeah. And um, it's it's been great, you know, and, and like you said, to having just having back porch here and having people like Tony and Kirby that have been around for a long time in the Pensacola scene and having Ryan who's got all his years experience yeah. on top of having guys like Matt Mosley that that does the shooters have you been out to shooters no, yet? I met I met Matt but I haven't been to shooters yet. oh man you should come out it's fun there's no light you just get to go yeah it's it's entertaining yeah I heard it's a competitive crowd Sometimes I heard really. And that's usually just like four or five comics. Like I don't mind. Real, I, I don't mind a combative crowd. Sometimes I think it's yeah. uh, it gives you something new to work with. I guess. Oh, I, I love it, man. I, I am do. way better at witty yeah. than I am at writing material. That's why, very specifically, when when I, when I wrote you, I said, you know, I um, I appreciate the the precision that, that you have, like the, the way that you write and how I can I can hear the execution in that. And that's what it makes me want to go home and practice. Because yeah. on the flip side, I've been doing witty and off the cuff for a really long time, and yeah. I can do that. But if you don't have something to swing at, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you've gotta be able to write good material but too. It, my, uh, to be honest, I feel like being witty and having to come up with something on the fly like I've seen you do, that seems harder to me. Because I feel like you can, you can refine whatever you write yeah you can you can sharpen your sword all day sure. but if you don't got a sword to be able to do that it's that's finding a rock and making it a weapon <laughs> yeah but that's the that's same finding. thing you did with, <laughs> with the roast battles yeah. like i could not do that i yeah. can't well i say that i've never tried but it it's does fun. it intimidates me <laughs> it's fun it's yeah. fun i i've not i've yet to be able to do it on a bigger stage and i feel like obviously roasting's been around for a, a while but i feel like yeah more and more it's starting to get like maybe not more mainstream i don't even know how to word it the right way to feel like it's more common to see that yeah in yeah. certain scenes and i've yet to be able to actually be in one since i've been uh since i've been doing comedy which i'm looking forward to yeah i've heard i know tech johnson was here yeah and uh they do one down in i think it's tampa that he's from okay uh i want to say that they do one and i know i've talked to brogan he was interested in doing one here yeah. uh, with some other people, and uh, I hope it's something that would come about here. I think it's good because you do have to be quick, yeah. and uh, it's that bit of verbal sparring is—it's just like rolling in jujitsu. Mm -hmm. Like you have to, you have. You have to go full 100. You have to go 100% to get good practice. Like yeah. you know, you, that's how you're gonna gonna train. And there's something about comedy that. 
it always, if it's reactionary, it always starts real rough. It takes a long time to sharpen, like you were saying. Yeah. It does start as a blunt instrument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The difference between beating someone with a rock and a knife. And man, I just, I can't imagine all the time spent learning to tell jokes that way. Because that structuring jokes is something that I struggle with. Yeah. Like I have to constantly remind myself and I, you know, I work at it really hard. And, um, God, I got a long way to go to get better too. But anyway, um, being able to do that on the fly, like in, uh, in a, a rap battle or a, a roast battle, is it like being in a flow state? Like when you're grappling or when you're playing sports? I think so. I feel like the best way to to put it is if you already know that there's a possibility. It's kind of just being on your toes. If you know there's a possibility that it can happen. Mm -hmm. I said, it, it's crazy. We did it for four years. And even though I knew every single day that it was going to happen, it, it wasn't just like I walked in and it was already happening. Any one thing mm -hmm. could have sparked it off. I could have had a bad haircut. That was going to spark it off. Yeah. Somebody else could have said something stupid in class. That was going to spark it off. It could start... It could already be gone by the time I sat down, or it could pick up the last five minutes before lunch was over. And I think when I'm on stage, I know that people talk. It's impossible. You can't. It would be impossible to just find a room with more than five people and there's just no noise for right. an extended period of time. And so, like, I don't. I don't just jump on the first person that talks. But if it's just if it's clear, if it comes to a point where it's like you should know to probably be quiet at this point, it's it's almost reactionary. Mm. It's kind of just like, I know something's going to go off, I'm ready if it does. Because then, that's the thing, you can't have things just kind of lined up and ready to say, at least my opinion, maybe yeah. somebody better than me does, but, because you don't know who the hell it's going to be. It can be, you can have that perfect comeback yeah. for somebody, and then you look and it ends up being this little old Asian lady, <laughs> and, and you're going to reach into your book of old <laughs> Asian lady jokes, like, it, it's... Probably not. Yeah, if you got something for that, then if you have that arrow in your quiver, good for you, yeah. but I don't, so. I definitely don't. You just have to kind of yeah, roll with the punches, and people give themselves enough line to hang themselves with. They yeah. always, nobody wants to just let it go. Nobody's just like, you know what, you're right, I should shut up. It's always something. Yep. And so, it is, it is, it is, it is. Yeah. Uh, everybody wants to be the center of attention. Yeah, shit, that's yeah. Why, why we do it. I'm guilty. I'm not mad at them. I can see where they're coming from. Everyone wants to be part of the show. Like, sure, sure. I remember, uh, and I'll, I'll tell tales, Ryan will even, even back me up on this one. Our first show at the Flying Harpoon 2, one of the general managers was the, the I'm helping heckler. Mm. And there are hecklers that are tolerable, and then the I'm helping heckler is the one where it usually goes on too long. Yeah. And I had to explain to her, I was like, you, like, like no, like, let me break it down for you. Like, yeah. he's a professional, and he's prepared to talk for 45 minutes. Yeah. Does not need your help at all. And so what you're doing is you're keeping him from doing the things that he has, as a professional, yeah. prepared. And it was funny for 20 minutes. Yeah. But holy shit, 20 minutes. <laughs> it's like, ah. But then I explained to her, I was like, look, being a heckler in the front of the room, you know, you're having a conversation and it's funny for you and the people around you. Yeah. But as a bar owner, you should be concerned that the people in the back of the room don't feel like they're part of the show. Yeah. And they can't hear it and they're walking out. And that's when she was like, oh, okay. Now, now I see that this is. Yeah. So it's I, interesting. People. 
And see, that's the thing. Even you said that you just started in September. I, I that's and that's awesome. That even I feel like everybody should be able to. You, I don't feel like you even have to be a comic to make that common sense. But I hate hate when comics don't have that common sense. Yeah. When I was in Hawaii, there was this guy I can't remember his fucking name to save my life, and wouldn't bother to try and remember it anyway. But every time he went to a show, always I'm just helping. I'm just helping. And uh, my my buddy. Um, Frankie Marcos out in San Jose, funniest guy, <laughs> funniest guy out there. I know that guy is going to be famous one fucking day. Funniest guy. I, I can't remember the, the comeback that he came up with. There's just there's no way he shuts this guy the fuck up immediately. <laughs> and after the fact, he's trying to apologize, and everyone's just like, "How do you not know this? You you've been on stage before." Well, I like when people talk to me. I'm like, "Well, nobody likes when you're on stage because you're not that funny." So maybe that. Is some type of validation that you're doing okay, but it's. I try and tell people how yeah. it is. I, the worst thing you can do to somebody who's trying to be, I want to do this professionally one day. Yeah, like not. I, I don't care about getting a TV show. I don't care about getting a special movies. I want to be a professional, whatever that is, comedian. Where this is my main income. This is what I do because yeah. I love doing this. And the worst thing anybody can do is not give you the 100% honest truth. Yeah, yeah. You're not helping at all. So I'll tell, I'll tell a good friend, like, no, it was not good. Which is, which is me, if, if I know, if I feel in my heart I didn't do good, I gotta yeah. be honest with myself. Yo, that was garbage. <laughs> Look myself yeah. in the mirror, that was bad. Yeah. Do better. And I had to tell him that, like, no, you're not that funny. So that's the reason why you want somebody to, to bail you out. Yep. And sometimes it, it, it's, bailed me out when I felt like I wasn't doing that great. Me Somebody too. jumps in at the right time, oh, like fucking diving on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Until oh, yeah. I remember what I got. And you win the crowd back, I think, with that sometimes. You, yeah. You shut that obnoxious heckler out the crowd just like, ah, <laughs> oh, this guy's this guy's the chief. He's yeah. the king now. Yeah. Oh. Which is one of the things that's interesting about stand-up comedy. You know, I've always been captivated by it because it's the last great bastion of the art of the spoken word in, yeah. in a lot of regards. I see that. And it's, I guess I had an appreciation for, for comics because I was exposed to them at a young age. And so I, I saw how complex, how layered Carlin's stuff was, yeah. you know, as I was coming up. Because like Carlin was my bounce off for, for my fall from grace and like my exit from the church. It was like, no, 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 there's smart people out there that know shit. Yeah. Like, and we need to think about what's going on here, talk about it. And so it helped formulate my opinions. And you know, <clears throat> I don't know, it's just seeing that complexity. There's something to it that was, uh, was good for the soul. You know, and, and there's something about stand up that, I don't know, it just makes me gush, man. It's fucking awesome. It's cool to hear other people talk about it too. and, and know that people aren't just crazy over the top because i'm like you i want to be able to pile in the van and and build a tour and be able to go and, and survive yeah like i don't need a tv show be, my my pipe dream is a netflix special like i hope netflix is still doing specials mm -hmm. after i put enough time in to deserve one yeah that would be really really cool yeah but that's oh. about as far as i want to reach because that's just a really badass hour when you think about it yeah that's a reasonable goal for me like i hope by the time i'm doing five years you know, five years in, that I could could put together a solid hour. Yeah, I would that, hope. yeah, it's like, it's definitely. I, I just want to be able to say at the end of the day that I made it yeah. doing this. Whatever my personal opinion at the time that I felt like I made it, and I can be like, you know what, fuck, I made it. Yeah, and that's 
Like, I, I hate this so much. Uh, like, I don't know at what point I'm going overboard, but like this, this like, I, I don't like open mics. No. I, I don't really like them. I don't because I think- You're uh, not alone. Yeah, it, it's not, it's not, uh, I appreciate that there's people willing to, to throw them. I appreciate the people who put all the work to make an open mic mm -hmm. run. I, I couldn't imagine how difficult that is. I, I hate the free therapy. Because I feel like even there's some people that say that and it's not. They do take it seriously. Mm -hmm. like I remember Emily said that, but you can tell she takes it seriously. It's not mm -hmm. just free therapy. She would be throwing fucking shows. Like, right. That is a level beyond the comic. So, but people that you know, they, they are there. They're not working on their shit. They're not trying to be funnier, funny. Yeah. They, they're just up there because they want to talk to somebody. Yeah. I, I am. I'm just, those are the people are. Somebody comes up and I, here, somebody came up a few weeks ago at an open mic and sang a fucking song. And I was like, Yeah. It bugs me too. Yeah, set a fire alarm off, please, somebody, because this is <laughs> getting. So, I mean, it's great to practice. I get it. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm like a diva in my own mind. I'm not well, close to the amount of experience to talk some of the shit that I do. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so, because I, I come into it uh, having a lot of purpose, I, I believe that practicing with purposes is a really good thing. Yeah. And, and so there have been times where I have definitely squandered it and have been guilty of, of just getting up and trying to put something together. But I always try and, and go into it as, as an educational prospect yeah. and remem remembering my place. Like, if I'm gonna go and I'm gonna try this, there better be a really good reason for me to just get up here and wing it. Otherwise, I'm just proving to myself that I'm not good enough to get up and just fucking wing it. Yeah. And so you either learn something from it or it's beat down. <laughs> like, yeah, it's just every, every time, <coughs> I'll, I'll say this, I, I have not worked with a comic yet that I can think of that I didn't. Actually, that's not true, it was a guy. <laughs> There's a guy out in Oxnard, California. There's runs, always one. Runs like Levity Live. That was complex. I didn't even bother remembering his name. It's a complete fucking prick. And uh, I ran like, into him. I was glad I was able to run into him and tell him, like, no, you're a fucking prick. And he yeah. thought I was going to leave at the end after you were being a smart ass on Facebook, which is I'm only here because the manager said to speak to you. But that's neither here nor there. But it's, uh, if somebody does better than me, I'll still love the person. Sure. Nothing. But I'll, be, I'll take it personal. I want to be funnier yep. than everybody, everybody out there. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason why I'm doing it. I want to, unless you're trying to make it to, I want to be funnier than you. Yeah. And I felt like this is one of those things you can be honest at. The thing that makes comedy so great is we are up there. We've thought of something crazy that if you said it in the wrong place, everybody would look at you like you were out of your fucking mind. You can't mind. do that. Yeah. And these are your real thoughts, even if they're exaggerated. They're to a degree you made that in your head, and you are saying in front of strangers and hoping that if they, they either find that they have to agree with it enough to a degree, or find mm -hmm. it so asinine that it becomes funny, and they like you for having said it. Yep. You have to get an entire group of strangers to know you well enough to appreciate what you're talking about so fast, and I think that's awesome. It is. That's the good side of people <laughs> like yeah you know i i totally agree and i think it's it, one of the other reasons i like being involved in comedy now and, and got involved in it is because i think after being involved in music yeah. i think comedy is a piece that's been missing for a long time in in our culture 
And, and that comedy is one of the last places that you can plainly speak truth to authority. Yep. And uh, to do it well and to be funny, we haven't had a lot of great people doing it since Carlin and, and Pryor and, and Hicks and you know some of the greats. And Hicks was more of a poet than a comic, to be honest. But we don't have a lot of that now. And you know, especially in the Pensacola Mobile area, comedy clubs have struggled and never had one. Yeah. And it's like, hmm. Is it just because it's a red state? Like, what the fuck? Like, why is there this lack of comedy? And I think, and I hope, that the more the more people see that comedy is the effort that goes into it, because you know, thanks to Rogan and thanks to how how big comedy's gotten, thanks to Netflix and you know, I, I say Rogan from a podcast standpoint, um, that that camaraderie is becoming more important than the the naysayers. And I think social media is helping that. As, as much of a hindrance as social media is for culture, yeah. it makes it a lot easier for people to get together and, and push out shitty people. Yeah. You know, like, no, we don't have to put up with that. I'm like, no, it's way better to, to, to do this thing and to support each other in, in the right ways. And it's not, a, it's not a bad thing to be competitive. Like, I, I'm the same way. I just try and turn it into... I'm not really upset with that person. I just want to go home and work harder. Yeah. And so be reasonable about it instead of being shitty to that person. It's when yeah. people go and be shitty to that person that it gets like, yeah. nah, we don't need any of that crap. Yeah, because you can't, you can't do that. Because like, I, I'd be lying. Like I, I mentioned competitions I won. I've definitely lost competitions yeah. on top of that. And internally, I'm like, I'm mad. That's not me up there. But never it's never at the person sure no matter how i i might try and justify it even that night like oh well the crowd just this or the judges this mm -hmm. like at the end of the day it's you it's always you mm -hmm. you win because of you you lose because of you mm -hmm. and so it's a uh, this weird no, I wouldn't call it a fraternity. That would sound kind of too corny, but it's there's it's a, a club. Yeah, it's a very very tiny club, and it it works. Like yeah, I, I look at other comics that I work with coworkers almost, even though yeah. I literally see them once a week. <laughs> but it's you know it's where you want to be. It's what you want to do. So yeah. coworkers probably ain't even the best way to put it because it's not a job yeah, yeah it's not a job to me it's what i want to do it's better than a hobby but not as hard as a job yeah you know and there is something about not going to an open mic yet getting your licks in you know and getting your practice yeah because that's you know i feel like i should be doing 10 times as much practice before i get to the mic mm -hmm. as as i am using the mic for practice yeah and I think that when that gets flipped, the it's like you said, the unpreparedness. Yeah, that, that's exactly what you said. I mean, people don't don't take it seriously. But even then, you know, you've got you could take the balance, the balance of, of what you what you put into it, you get out of it. And these people that don't have a respect for the open mic, and the fact that that I put work into this and I'm, I hope that you'll sit here and listen to it yeah. and then I'm going to return the favor and then for you to just, oh, I had a shitty day. Like, oh man, and I'm going to sit here and listen to you because I'm polite. I'm yeah. not going to like it. Yeah. Or it's not going to be funny or it's not going to be, or even worse is when you realize like I've seen this person do better. Like when, when it transcends that and you're like, man, like that's not, I don't think that's what you wanted tonight to be yeah because that's what i hate the most is when i get off stage and i'm like that's not what i wanted tonight to be yeah you saw me that way yeah. <laughs> flying harp i god i 
to this day, like I've even watched like the recording of it. And I'm just like, just don't, don't, don't even beat yourself up about Oof. it. I can tell you exactly what happened in that situation. The the table that had been sat at right in front of the stage mm -hmm. was not there to for the entirety of the show, mm -hmm. and they were planning on getting up halfway through, and so that's a barrier to get to the rest of the room to begin with. And then when that table got up and was empty to overcome that gap, uh, it, it just gets really, really hard. But that's just because, that's just space and psychology because there are two things to consider. There's always a gap somewhere in the room mm -hmm. and it makes it tricky. And in that room, there's a door in that leads straight in and cuts your audience in half. Yeah. And so that's tricky to get, get over to begin with. And then if you don't have an audience in the front, even tougher. Yeah, so, and you're dealing with a bar crowd that's only had three comedy shows. Yeah, Ever was, so don't even. Oh, I, was, I've, uh, I know you're gonna keep saying it, but I'm gonna keep telling you <laughs> not to, uh, man. Oh, man that, was, that was one of those nights. I feel like since I've been out here in Pensacola, I've had <coughs> way more good nights than bad nights. But that was just like, ugh, that one. I was walking away, and you know, I take it like, yeah, it's gonna happen. So I've gotten over. I'm better about it now than I was like that night. I'm like, <laughs> my whole night, I had to drive back that hour drive, just like. <laughs> I should have said this. <laughs> I should have said this better. I should. It happens. I've been there. I've been there. I, you know, I had one of those uh, Wednesday night. I host the, the open mics in Mobile now. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to get to do that. And the flying, the laughing mule. Uh, the one? blind mule. Blind mule. The tinderbox. I have not been. I've been. To, that was the only time I've been to Alabama. That that uh, the flying harpoon too. That was the only time I've been to Alabama. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> You're not missing. You saw way more than you need to. I, just, I get off work so late. I can't even. Yeah. Well, if you're, if you're ever in Mobile, Blind Mule on Wednesdays, Tinderbox on Tuesdays. Okay. Uh, we do open mics. All right. And um, we're, we're experimenting with some other stuff. But Wednesday night was one of those nights for me, man. I don't drink very often anymore. Mm -hmm. Very, very rarely. I took a year off and have, have recently, you know, have a drink here and there. Yeah. And I was just kind of out of sorts and I had a shot and I'm in the middle of, uh, of working harder on, on, on my bits. So instead of having a, a more lackadaisical approach to the jokes, I had gone through them fine tooth comb, and when it came time to, to execute, it was like, shit, I, did, I didn't woodshed it enough. Mm. And so I ended up doing this kind of in-between thing, yeah. and it was not what I wanted it to be. Mm. So even, uh, even then, and that's a really comfortable space for me, and to, to just swing and a miss. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Yeah, it, it happens. Wouldn't be comedy if it didn't. That's yeah. the tragic side yeah. of this beautiful so, thing. But what's yeah, it is what the tragic side because I saw you I, I saw you I won't say kill, but do really well on a stage in the middle of the afternoon in somebody's backyard next <laughs> to a pool. Yeah. So like you've got the scenario that no one should do really well in, you did really well in. And the scenario that was like, ah, oh, we're in a bar, we got a microphone and a PA. Yeah. Well, we can handle this. It's weird. That, not you, more audience, yeah. I'm telling you. But still, uh, it's interesting that we live in that world. And that pool one was fun, though. Wasn't that it? Was, that was, <laughs> that was, that was, uh, I was not expecting that at all. I was immediately thrown off when I got yeah. up there and like from that side watching like Ryan and Olivia go, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And as soon as I got up there, I'm like, oh, I'm on like a tractor bed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. Let's see how this works. I, I couldn't even, I couldn't do it. I didn't want to, I was too nervous about making Emily look bad. It's like, man, if I slip up and offend somebody since we do Stinger's comedy together, I'm yeah. like, I don't want to. 
I want to put her in that spot. That was hard too, trying to yeah. modify. Uh, I'm just like, uh, you're like, I I knew, I knew there was jokes that they wouldn't get. Yeah. I was like, okay, I got a certain material is not going to be funny here, and that's that's one that's that's to me. I think that might even be harder than bombing. I don't feel like I've ever bombed. Like just went up there, got nothing, mm-hmm. which you know. <laughs> tonight, <laughs> go out there and blow it tonight. But it's so hard when, um, especially if you don't go up first, which I hate going up first, but after you're kind of seeing what the crowd's laughing at, like the, that, that crowd was like, it was an older, mm-hmm. uh, older crowd. So I'm like, okay, a lot of my modern stuff, Facebook jokes aren't gonna work. I know I made the, the get out joke and I feel like I can see where half the crowd got it. The other crowd was just like, no idea what that is. <laughs> and so it's a, uh, I like the intelligence that has to go in to you, there's there's no incredibly stupid comedian. It's not possible to be. Yeah, that's that's at least doing well. It's impossible. You yeah. can't. You have to be up there and assess the situation so quick, and be able to handle it and not let them see that you're thinking about it, and still do good and still be funny and remember what you said and remember what people before you said, and realize like oh they're not laughing at uh, black jokes. They're not laughing mm-hmm. at Facebook jokes, sex jokes and to still keep pushing so i like it, it kind of keeps you on your toes it does indeed yeah it does indeed and uh and that's one more thing i can get better at is is reading rooms i um yeah it's not something i've thought too much about so i'm sure i could use a little more attention yeah, i try it it's I, really important too it's a really good point yeah it's uh I, I feel like i've gotten i feel like i'm pretty good at it i i wager I'm pretty decent at it and like there's I do this and I, I rarely talk about this with other comics because they just kind of naturally talk about it like we study without knowing that we're studying we're mm. practicing without knowing that we're practicing like I, I have a notebook I keep on me and I'm be in the middle of class doing my job defending the country <laughs> and I'm writing jokes like oh that dick joke might be funny yeah. <laughs> like in the middle of somebody talking to me about something important, I jot it down. Or when you're watching uh, Ali Wong, Hannibal Buress, one of these people on mm-hmm. Netflix, you're like, oh, I, I see what they're doing there. I'm like, I'm no person to judge what they're doing, but it's like, oh, I see yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. I get that. I get why they did that. Right. Why they, you know, it's a psychology to it that I think puts the art, that makes it the art form that it is. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I think a lot of it too has to do with uh, being able to abstract. Uh, you know, people say one of the only things that humans are really good at is we can abstract. We can imagine what it's like to imagine, to imagine, to imagine. Yeah. And we can do that to a degree that nobody, nothing else around us can do it. And, and comedians are really good at that because you have to be able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes mm-hmm. or and to follow through the thought experiment be like, okay, they're laughing at this, this, and this. How far can I push it? Like, yeah. And those are the things that come back to being able to connect with other people or at least understand how to connect with other people yeah. to make it work. And that's, that's one of the things that's really fun about it because it, it doesn't work by itself. Like you need... You know, you need all of those skills. I think that's why it's such a small club. It's one of the reasons I enjoy it so much. Yeah. Because like you say, there's no dumb comedian. I can't imagine pulling a comedian in here to have a conversation and it going nowhere. Yeah. Like you, you just couldn't. 
Yeah. May not be wise comedians, but just to, <laughs> you just you can't be the village idiot and also have any degree, any monicum of success, whether that be just having a good open mic night. Yeah. You can't be a complete idiot and do that. No. Just can't. Just can't. I have no idea what time it is. I know we've been at this for about an hour. I don't want to miss us a show. Oh, yeah, what time? Ooh, that's because uh, Back Porch does start at 9.30. Yeah, I still got to get back home and get my, put my, uh, put my face on. Well, in that case, <laughs> before tonight. In that case, we'll call it right here. But, uh, but if, if we get a chance, we'll revisit. Because we didn't get into all the esoteric, philosophical, okay. uh, you know. All the fun stuff. Yeah, I'm here for at least yeah. another month, so. Hell yeah. Well, this has time. been great. It was. It was well, fun. Hell yeah. Thank you so much Appreciate for joining man. me, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. And until next time, by Facebook, by YouTube, and for everybody in podcast land, truth, love, and peace. <laughs>